Welcome to Thoughts on Thriving, a holistic lifestyle and wellness podcast that's here to help you become the healthiest, happiest, most aligned version of yourself. I'm your host, Ava, a registered dietitian in training and health and wellness junkie. I'm so excited to have you here as I dive deep into meaningful conversations covering topics from nutrition and mental health to spirituality and self-development and everything in between with experts in many fields. I'm so happy you're choosing to learn how to thrive today. Let's get into the show. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Thoughts on Thriving. This week I have Alyssa Bryloff on the podcast and I'm really excited for this conversation and I think you guys are really going to like it. Alyssa is a spiritual soulpreneur, which we get into on the podcast. And in the episode, we talk all things astrology, human design, Alyssa's own spiritual journey and how she embeds it into her career. We talk about her relationship with her husband and we talk about soul girl summer versus hot girl summer. And on that note, Alyssa is doing a September soul girl summer series, which is kicking off on September 5th. It's a four week journey to align your energy, elevate your spiritual practice and find your guide within. So we get into all that on the episode, but she was kind enough to share a generous discount code with us. So if you're interested in joining that summer series after listening to this podcast and hearing all of what Alyssa has to say, then you can use the code THRIVE for a discount. The code is T-H-R-I-V-E THRIVE. And make sure to follow us on Instagram as well at thoughts.on.thriving and let us know what you think of this episode. Go follow Alyssa as well at Alyssa Bryloff. And for more information on the summer series, go to her website, alyssabryloff.com. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode as much as I did. And without further ado, let's get into it. And you're in Jersey City, right? Yes. Yep. What about you? I'm in Manhattan and I wanted to actually okay. ask you, how has that been? Like, and I think I saw that you moved there recently Yeah. from Manhattan. Do you like it more? I love it. I honestly was like really nervous to move. Um, so I, I got engaged. This was now back in March of COVID. So it was right before like the week of COVID and me and right. my fiance at the time, we moved into my mom's in the suburbs. We left Manhattan. We were living there for like six years. Um, we had no idea it was going to wow. be that long, but we ended up staying at my mom's for seven months. Um, and during that time, we just kind of felt like we don't really want to go back to the same way we were living. Um, we didn't want to go back to the city. It felt unsafe at the time. And now it's like yeah. totally backing up and running. But we just kind of were like, you know, he had to be at the office for work and be, I wanted to be close to the city still. And I kind of tied my identity around being a New Yorker. And I felt yeah. like... If I left, it would mean something. I wouldn't get opportunities or like I wouldn't be in the same position I was. And it was, you know, a limiting belief that obviously was not real. Um, and once we moved here, I obviously shifted that mindset. And it was kind of the best decision, I think, for us because it allowed us to just have more space in, in the area. You know, our apartment's bigger. We have a car now. Like just the quality of life has increased. And um, I'm still in the city like once or twice a week. So it's so close that like, I don't miss it. And it, it's a nice, like when I go in, I'm like, oh, I love it here, but yeah. I get to go home. So it's like, you know, I never missed it when I was in it, but now it's it's nice. 
That's so nice. Yeah, I feel like the space thing is huge, too, because it's just like you have no space here um, for what you're paying. So and it's gotten much worse because with all the COVID stuff, like, I mean, I got a good COVID deal for my place because I moved a year ago. But people now like I have friends moving here. They're having such a rough time. It's crazy. Yeah, we got a COVID deal. And now like, actually, all of our friends are we, we didn't think we were going to be here this long. It's going to be two years of September. And we were like, Oh, we'll buy a house soon. Or like, we'll go to the suburbs. All of our friends are moving here because we convinced <laughs> them and they're moving from Manhattan. So like, we're never leaving probably for like another year or so or two. Oh my god! And the, but this we got a crazy deal. And and now like the prices are almost New York prices here. So it's kind of yeah. like really insane. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. That's crazy. Well, yeah. yeah, I want to like kind of just jump in and talk about all this with you because I feel like New York is a big part of, you know, your career started here. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. maybe before we talk about that, we can go back even further and talk about your childhood. I know I read that your spiritual journey kind of started when you were very young. So I'd love to hear about that and how spirituality started to kind of unfold for you in your life. Yeah, so it's always kind of been a part of my life. And I say this lightly because, you know, regardless of when we start our spiritual journey, we're all spiritual beings. But my path just kind of began um, inherited from my grandmother, my my Jewish Bobby. And she she lived this life of just intention and spirituality. And it was part of her day to day that it just felt normal for me to grow up in that environment. And so she would take me um, for Reiki sessions when I was about eight years old. And there was actually a Reiki um, practice that was for children and it was to help them to learn and get attuned to it and to get certified. And not that I was doing anything at eight years old with this, you know, with this energy, but Mm -hmm. it just kind of opened the door of um, this is something that I can work with. I can tap into my own energy at any time and I can heal myself. And um, so I love Reiki for that as that it was a tool for me selfishly to really heal myself and get sessions for my grandma when I was feeling down or when I was going through family things or just feeling anxious throughout life, I always came back to it. And then, you know, we would go crystal shopping and I would, I would learn the different crystals and how they would be symbolic for me to have intentions behind them. And it kind of just stuck throughout college. Um, when I was stressed about work or, you know, uh, classes and taking tests, I would really come back to like my intentions, coming back to my grounding tools, um, things that I just picked up with through my life. And I would say, you know, throughout moving to Manhattan, it really shifted even more so into becoming my everyday life, because I was in this new city, this new environment, a new job, Um, you know, so much had changed in my life. And I needed to come back to those tools, being in such a busy hustle city. Um, So I kind of just went through that spiritual path. And I would say it it just got stronger um, of me wanting to to learn Reiki. So I got recertified about three and a half years ago. Um, and I, again, at the time was really just for myself, wasn't knowing what I was going to do with that energy. Um, but then even more so recently have been really getting into the space of helping people as a healer and helping guide them with this, this energy modality. And I'll kind of explain what Reiki is for those who don't yes. know what it is. So Uh, Reiki is life energy. It's this powerful healing modality that when you're certified with, you're given this energy and you're really just a channel. So 
I'm a channel to help guide the energy through my hands. It feels like heat. Um, you may feel tingling in your body. You may feel energy moving. It's just a really calming, beautiful practice that I give to people through meditation, um, through sessions, through workshops. And more recently, I've been doing these at events and working with brands to offer this. And it's been really fun. And I just love it because I can be this channel for somebody. It's nothing to do with me. It's about this person finding the energy they need within themselves to move and get to what they need or get answers that they're seeking. That's beautiful. And can you, I mean, people might be wondering, like, do you have to be physically with them to get Reiki or to even be certified in it? It's a great question. So when I first got certified or recertified, it was an in-person certification. Um, and the, the answer is yes and no. So you, you have to be certified to get to give Reiki to others. Um, but you don't have to be certified to receive it. Anybody can receive it. And, um, you want to go to somebody that is certified so that you know that you're getting like the right energy healing. But when it comes to in-person or online, um, when I got reattuned actually this a few months ago, because I wanted to get into the virtual space, this was actually all about healing through the virtual atmosphere. So um, now I do mainly online workshops, I do online zoom calls through sending Reiki, and it's still just as powerful. Obviously, you you know, it's even more powerful and beautiful when you are in person, you can really be with that person's energy and have crystals and just create the space, but I'm still able to work virtually. And I'm at, actually able to reach people I necessarily wouldn't be able to reach if, you know, had I not been up for Zoom or online. So cool. I love it. And for people who don't know exactly what you do now with not only Reiki, but with spirituality and being, as you call it, a spiritual soulpreneur, which I love, what, you know, are you doing combining spirituality with your career and your background and everything? What is kind of your mission now? My mission now is really just to help people find alignment, however that means for them. And so I work with people and brands in different ways. Um, my background kind of came from being in more of the social media and agency life. And so at first I was really working as a social media manager and learning the ins and outs of working with brands and building relationships and really helping them to create content online. And a few years of doing that, um, getting fired from a job and kind of being catapulted into a new career and into a new way of living, I, I became my own boss and I became my own, what I now call a solopreneur. I wasn't always a solopreneur. You know, I was a solopreneur. I was on my own, but I think over the years, the, the soul and the intention behind it came as I started to learn what I was doing and learning that I only want to work with, you know, certain brands. I want to work with women brands. I want to work with um, wellness brands. I want to work with purpose-driven brands. So it started to change over time as I able, I was able to grow, you know, my offers. Um, so now I work in that landscape of helping brands really build their online presence through really intentional and conscious content creation, working with influencers in the space that are aligned with their mission and what they're offering. And again, like working with those brands that are really aligned with my mission. So that's kind of one aspect of what I do. I also create content on my own platform. Um, and it's really again, that has changed and veered into the more conscious and spiritual platform. I've always been in the wellness space and in the sustainable space, but it's kind of shifted more into spirituality. And even more so now I'm starting to offer the Reiki sessions in person events. And I'm starting to do series and workshops for people who want to work with me one on one. 
So did you kind of set out to be on this path of becoming an entrepreneur? You said you got fired from a job and things like that. So kind of take us back to maybe college, like what you studied then and your job then. And how did that really evolve into doing this? Did you know, like, I want to leave my job and become an entrepreneur? Because I think, you know, a lot of people in my audience are in their mid 20s, young, you know, early 20s. And they're struggling with not being aligned in their careers or in their, you know, what they're studying, what they're doing right now. And people might look at someone like you and be like, oh, my God, like she's living her passion. She's living her truths and she's really aligned. Like that word alignment really does resonate when I see you on Instagram and when I hear you speak. So how did that come about from, you know, when you were starting out to now? So I went to college for um, communications and I really didn't know what I wanted to do with that. So I'm, you know, I'm about to be 30. So social media was just emerging. Instagram was just becoming a thing my freshman or sophomore year. So it really wasn't a thing yet. So to think of that as a career, I had no idea I wanted to do what I'm doing, but I knew I wanted to do something with marketing and I took a, um, my track was public relations. And through the years, I kind of realized I hated public relations and um, you know, instead of giving up or, or changing that, I, I added on marketing as like my um, minor, I guess it was considered at the time. Um, and I kind of learned some ins and outs of marketing. There was actually a social media class I did take at the time. And I also was learning how to write blogs and become like a blogger. So that was really fascinating. But again, had no idea what I wanted to do. And then when I graduated, I actually, I love this story because it's so random, but I um, again, Instagram was probably two years old at this time. I got an Instagram DM and, you know, I had a public Instagram. I grew the following. I had, I was in a sorority. So I had a few hundred followers at the time. And like, you know, with friends, like maybe it went up to like a thousand and that was like normal. A lot of my friends were in the same boat, but I knew I wanted to be more than that. I knew I wanted to share. And I felt this calling to really be blogging. Like even throughout college, I was blogging when, on WordPress when blogs like were kind of new and not really there yet. I was like making my own deodorant and my own recipes in my kitchen. My roommates were like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Um, But I got an Instagram DM from this company. It was an agency. And they were like, hey, we love your Instagram. We'd love to chat Mm -hmm. about like interviewing you. And so I looked, they're an agency, looked really cool. They're in Manhattan. And to be honest, you know, I was away for college. So I thought I was going to go back home to Pennsylvania where I'm from. I was missing my family. I was missing my boyfriend, now my husband. And I wasn't even sure I wanted to be in New York. Um, so this was like something that fell into my lap and I kind of took a risk literally through Instagram DM and one phone call interview, I think. And I got the job and luckily my friend at the time, she lived in, um, Long Island. So I moved in with her and her family and we just kind of, we, we, um, saved money up before moving to the city to see if I really liked the job first. I ended up loving it. And again, this was like, Instagram was new. So I was really learning how to work with brands. Um, I was creating content for them. I was working with photographers in-house. I was working with influencers who, these were really small micro people that were charging so much less than they probably are now. And it was so (laughs) fun. And I started to also see that, um, you know, how I could work with brands as well, because I had a platform that was growing and I was sharing my life kind of behind the scenes of like living in New York and living in wellness and more mindful. So I started kind of growing that on the side and it just kind of kept growing organically. I had no intention of ever really, you know, doing this as a living, but throughout the years, it just, 
picked up and I switched a few jobs. Like when I went through jobs, I never felt like I was supposed to be working for somebody else. It just kind of didn't resonate with me, the nine to five grind, um, you know, working an agency lifestyle. So my second job, I actually hated it. And, and I felt like I failed. I felt like I left a really amazing company for something that like I thought was going to be better, but it's worse. And I just like was really miserable. So I ended up taking a contract job with absolutely no guarantee of a future. I lowered my pay by a lot. Um, There was basically no perks other than I was getting out of my job and (laughs) I was learning something new. And I took that risk. Like I think many people do in their, you know, young twenties and it didn't end up working out. And I got fired for, you know, there was actually no reason, but I know the reason for me was that I wasn't supposed to be on that path because while I was looking for new jobs, I kept looking for in-house jobs with wellness brands and full-time work. And I could have kept climbing that corporate ladder and kept going on, but it never felt right. Every interview, like it wouldn't go anywhere or I wasn't getting called back. And I knew I was qualified. I knew I had the expertise and the experience, but it didn't feel in alignment for me anymore. And I spoke with somebody and they said to me, you know, they were looking at my resume. It was a friend and they said, um, you just have to shift the, you were fired to, you were a contractor and you were doing consulting. And as soon as I flipped that narrative, cause I didn't really know what consulting was, you know, I started getting consulting work. So a, an agency wow. I, I reached out to hired me and I was doing part-time with one client. And then um, a, co- a family friend reached out about doing their social media and it just kind of grew from there. So from having literally zero idea of what my next step was, I was really put into my path, which I all I think we're all really put into when we're veered off. I think of rejection as redirection. So I think of me being fired as me being put on my actual path of, you know, living my own life of freedom and helping people in a different way. So I always come back to that when people are struggling of, you know, I don't feel like I'm in the right fit. And I'm not telling people to ever quit their job because I don't think everyone has to be an entrepreneur to be in alignment. I don't think everyone has to, you know, work for themselves necessarily, but I think it's about looking at and auditing where you're at now. Are you happy? And you don't have to get fired to find that happiness. Like you can start taking those action steps now to really figure out what would feel in alignment for you. Yeah. I love the rejection is just redirection because in the moment, it feels like such a a failure. Like you said, like it feels like you failed when you left that job for the other one, but you were just being redirected to, you know, that was a step in what you're doing now. And I feel like a lot of people probably needed to hear that. So thank you. And I would love to know how spirituality plays into all this. Like, did you have an awakening that helped you to realize that this rejection was a redirection? Were you reading books that helped you to realize this? Or was this all inherent within you? I'd love to know like how those kind of came together and how your career and your just more personal spiritual journey have like kind of meshed into one. Yeah. Um, So I I think being that I was already always like in that kind of mindset helped, but I would say it was kind of awakening in the sense that I lost my grandpa and he was very close to me. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually have a tattoo of his initials. Like he was my best friend. And, you know, when you lose someone, I think you kind of just like think of things a little bit differently. And one, you have a guardian angel and I felt kind of more supported um, on this path, but I would start seeing signs. I would start asking him for signs. So anytime I kind of felt doubt um, in this this path that I was on, I would ask for a sign and and I would see JJ literally everywhere. And it just was like my reminder that I'm on the right path. 
And so I think anybody can really ask for a sign. It doesn't have to be a, a deceased you know, relative or a person, it can be a butterfly, it can be a number. So for me, now my number is 333. And I really, I see that number when I know, is that yours? That's too? my number. That's, that's a good one. That's I so love funny. That. I um, love it. Yeah. So throughout the few, the past few years, like, I would keep seeing that. And whenever I would veer off or think that something wasn't right, I would see that number and I knew I was okay. And it's so simple. And it seems so cliche and you know weird but I think people need something to believe in to believe in themselves sometimes and that's not to say that you can't find that within you because you always can but I think sometimes you need that little reminder the universe pings so I would say my grandfather passing around that time just was kind of awakening me to discover more about myself and I would start going to get more Reiki healings on myself by other healers I would start just trying different modalities, astrology, learning more about myself through human design. Like I just really wanted to know more about my energetic makeup and like what my path was and what my energy meant. And I think that has been the most rewarding thing for me because we're all different. We all have different paths and journeys and, you know, we all have different energy, right? Like it goes beyond just your sun sign and it's so deep, like knowing your human design, knowing your full birth chart really can help you see the path you're meant to be on. And if you're in alignment with your actual authentic truth. I love it. Yeah, you mentioned so many modalities that I love to get to know myself better, like human design and astrology and, you know, asking for signs from the universe. And the best part is that all these things are free too. like, it's not like you have to spend a ton of money and like, go to these retreats and stuff. I mean, retreats are great if you can afford them and if you want to do that. But I really love the the accessibility of all this. So I would love to dive into, you know, astrology a little bit more because we haven't really touched mm-hmm. on that on the podcast too much. I had someone talk about human design and I'd love to know how learning your design has helped you. But first, if we can talk about astrology, I know you're very into that and you integrate yeah. that into your offerings. So what kind of does astrology mean to you? How can we use it? And what are like the top three things to know maybe about your chart and how we all function? Yeah. I don't even know when I got into astrology. I feel like I always like read my horoscopes in Teen Vogue. It was like my favorite thing. And obviously (laughs) over the years I learned, you know, about your birth chart. And a few years back, I I got my birth chart reading from an astrologer, and they really look at your sun sign, which is, you know, that's how you're you, that's your who you are to your core. So I'm a Virgo, like I, I can be type A, but I can also be a healer. So like, that's really who I am to my core. And then your rising sign, which is really what you, um, you know, you show to the world, you project to others. And so sometimes I'm a Leo, and I can come off a little bit aggressive and fiery, but really deep down, I'm really grounded. Um, and then my moon sign, your moon sign is really about your emotions. So knowing my emotions is an Aquarius, I can be like really my head in the clouds and kind of airy sometimes and I need to come back to like grounding myself. So just knowing those three things, I think really helped me to figure out like when I need to come back into balance with all of them. But your birth chart really goes into everything from, you know, um, your Saturn return, which I'm currently in like the thick of it, almost yeah. done it. Can't wait to be out of it. <laughs> um, even like just different timelines of like things in my life that have actually happened, like partnerships and relationships and jobs. So it it really has shown, it's kind of like a map of your life and it's really shown things that have happened and things that I can look forward to without, you know, we all have free will. So 
even if things say things, you can always change things, which I love about life and astrology too. So that I think looking at your birth chart, you can find this online for free. I think there's great resources like Astro Twins, I think has one. You just put in your time, your um, date of birth and the location and it will tell you and it gives you like an overview. But getting a reading does help. Like I think every year, so your solar return, your birthday, I think it's nice to treat yourself to a reading or when you're kind of like really feeling like you need that support. Um, it has helped me through different times and phases of my life. So I love getting readings occasionally, but not all the time. And yeah, I think just learning this just showed me that like I'm unique and just because somebody's doing something that's not my path, like I really need to trust the path that I'm on. And so what I do is I really work with in my business and in my life, I work with the moons and I've always felt really aligned and connected to the moons, like full moons. I always felt like the energy of them and I get stomach aches for full moons. I, I now know that like, if you have stomach issues, like it can be triggered by a full moon. And like, I'm really intentional about like what I'm eating that time and how I'm nurturing my system during full moons. And then, you know, with new moons, I know I can feel more anxious because it's a darker period. So I really nurture my energy there. So I, I really focused for the last three years, I would say with my journaling, on the new moon and the full moon. I think those are easy, tangible ways to really focus your energy around that period because they happen twice a month, like a new moon and full moons every month. And they're always in a different sign. And so what I've loved to do is every month, I know the moon that it's in. And for full moons, I end up releasing something that isn't serving me because these are a time of completions. Um, and, and this helps me make space for new energy. And then every new moon, I help set intentions to plant new seeds. So we actually just had a full a new moon a few uh, days ago. So I did a workshop with um, a series of work like that I'm doing right now with a few women, my community, and, you know, I help them to set intentions for this next season that we're entering because it's always like a cycle. So really thinking about the full, like the month ahead. But what I also love is you can start seeing patterns. So um, you can see the cycle of, a new moon, right? New moon Virgo was this re was recently, I can look back to the last full moon in Virgo. I think that was probably, you know, six months ago at this point. And I can see what was I releasing during this time? What was happening in my life during this time? What was the theme? Has it completed? What, you know, what do I still need to work on with this cycle? So that's why I love working with those and kind of keeping track um, in journaling. And you can, again, just look at these up, like the dates they tell you online. Um, I think Farmer's Almanac has like great, accurate information there. And so, yeah, I really implement that into my day to day. I've gotten deeper where I have a journal. It's by, um, I'm blanking on the name right now, but I'll give you for the show notes. It's, yeah. it's helped me to look at the moon sign because the moon actually changes phases every two to three days. Mm -hmm. And so knowing the moon sign that it's in that day really affects your energy so right now we're in Libra, meaning, you know, it's more about balance. So I'm looking at my schedule. How can I balance my work with my play more? Um, but when it changes, you can, you can adapt your energy accordingly. And it's really fascinating. And even like knowing that Monday, the day we're recording this, but knowing that this is a moon day. So it's Mondays are um, affected, like they're, they're influenced by the, by the moon. So Mondays, like, you know, we get into the grind mode, but it's actually, we can feel more tired. It's a feminine energy. So we might want to feel into our emotions more before we like dive into work. Um, so I, I like to really look at the seven days of the week, like Monday, moon day, Tuesday is like, um, I'm blanking on it right now. I think it's Mars day. Like there's just different styles of what you can focus on the energy for each week.
each day of the week, each month, et cetera. Yeah. And that I'm sure helps you live with more intention too, when you're doing that and really like aligning with the moon. And that sounds, it's very Virgo of you to be, you know, it's so Virgo of me. <laughs> when's your birthday? It's, it's so coming sexy. up. Yeah. It's nine, nine. Oh I'm my God. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that I, I guess also the moon resonates with me because going to human design, if you want to chat about that, um, yes. I'm a reflector. So oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I'm the most rare type. And knowing that changed my life, but reflectors work with the moon. So I'm supposed to make big yeah. decisions around 28 day cycles, which is impossible. But like, <laughs> I've learned, I've really learned that I need to take time with my decisions and I need to work yeah. with the energy. Do you find that you, because I feel like reflectors can kind of take on, or they do take on a lot of energy. Um, and for those listening who don't know what reflectors are, I mean, we've talked about human design a ton, but reflectors, I feel like is a topic we haven't talked about because there are very few in the world, but you guys have all your chakras open, if I'm correct, right? So yes. all of yes. your energy is kind of open and you're kind of taking on the energy of other people, which can either be a good thing or a bad thing as with anything. it's There's pros and cons, but do you find that you like take on the energy of a lot of people and have, do you have like practices to, to release and let go? Because <laughs> I feel like that could be a lot sometimes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I take on so much energy. I mean, now I've gotten in a really good place where I protect my energy through different rituals, like meditation every day and chakras and Reiki. Like I specifically do that work on my chakras. I line my chakras. I balance them every day. And that's, it, it makes sense that growing up that resonated with me and that always was part of my practice. And then finding this out obviously made sense of what, you know, why I did this, but I've learned to really put blinders up. I've learned to not put a wall up, but to protect my energy and not let everyone's energy seep into me because I can't take on everyone's energy. You know, at the end of the day, like I really need to protect my peace. Um, so knowing environments really important to me and knowing like spaces I feel really good in affects my energy. Um, people that I'm around affects my energy. I can't be around people for too long. I, I need mm-hmm. that, that alone time. I need to smudge and, and sage myself and, and carry crystals that help with that when I'm with people. Um, and it has affected me in a sense that in a good way, in a bad way, right? So being a reflector, I'm able to adapt and I'm able to work with many different brands and kind of be a chameleon. I'm able to, I'm a mirror. Re- reflectors are mirrors. So they're reflecting what people need to see about themselves. And I'm really just reflecting it back to them. So I've learned that I can trigger people if they're not really healed or if they have things they need to work on. I've, I've lost friends over it. And I've learned that it's, it's nothing really to do with me and everything to do with their journey. And um, so that was hard at first, you know, I think being triggered by people is always hard. We're all mirrors for each other anyway, but I think reflectors are definitely more so. Um, But knowing that I'm, I'm a mirror for people and knowing if something isn't resonating, like I don't need to be in that energy space and it's okay. Not everyone has to like me. Right. Um, but then working with brands has been amazing because I'm able to really adapt to their needs and, and be the reflection of what they need and what they're looking for and, you know, work with one brand that's in one space and another brand that's in a totally different area. So it's kind of helped me and not hurt me, but I've learned a lot from it. Yeah. And I bet in relationship, like you said, with friends and probably even with your now husband, it's definitely such a mirror for those people to kind of work on themselves and show their shadows. So I'd love to talk about that a little bit and how 
you know, being a reflector and just being who you are, you know, as the spiritual person that you are and just being you, how has that kind of affected your relationships? I'd love to talk about maybe even your relationship with your husband, if you have, you know, if you'd be open to that. I saw the blog post on conscious relationship that you posted and I can't believe you guys have been together since you were 15, which is like the cutest thing ever. How has that been kind of going through this evolution and just him evolving, you evolving. Those are such transformative years of your lives. And to be together for over 13 years is just such an accomplishment. So I'd love to hear your take on conscious relationship and how to kind of keep yourself, you know, in line and developing yourself while also nurturing this relationship too. Mm, I love that question. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wasn't always as conscious, right? Like we were 15 when we started dating and people ask me like not knowing our story, did you manifest your husband? Like how did you meet? And of course I didn't, you know, maybe I manifested it because I think we all have soul contracts. And I think that even though we have free will, I think that we come onto this path knowing what we want ahead of time. I just, that's my belief. And so I feel that I've had many lifetimes with Matt. He started out as my best friend. And I think that really helped the relationship when we first were beginning. But of course we would fight and, you know, I would get really triggered. And I think I talk about in the blog how um, I was not in a place at that point where I was accepting of myself. Like I had a lot of limiting beliefs, which I still do, you know, we all have imposter syndrome. I'm going through the, it's an up and down battle being an entrepreneur, solopreneur. But back (laughs) then I really didn't know, you know, how to work through those beliefs and just my upbringing. I had a lot of just things happen in my family, divorce. And that kind of like was the start of a relationship. I was really leaning on him for that support that I was lacking within myself. And there were issues because of that, you know, we would fight, but it was like, high school and college. Um, But once I really started, I I would say to live on my own and go to college, go away to college, have my own life outside of him, because he was all I really knew. That's when I started to like find the magic within me. And the more I worked on myself, even past like post college, moving to New York and like starting this career, you know, going starting to go for to events as a as an influencer and blogger, like I really started to step into my power and just what I wanted. And I think in any relationship, you know, the more you push at something, the more you are desperate or trying to make it something it's not, the more the person's going to push you away. And the more you need to look at yourself, like, where are you seeking and like reflecting and being a mirror in your relationship? So where are you maybe seeking validation or love from somebody else that you really just need to find within yourself? So I would say like finding that within myself more helped our relationship evolve to where it is today. And we're in such an amazing place. And I'm so grateful for all the lessons that we learned. But yeah, we have grown so much. I'm not the same person I was when we met. I've changed probably six times since then. And I keep changing. And I think that's what's beautiful about our relationship is that we both have changed on our own and we've changed together. And we've been able to come back to each other, no matter what we go through as changes, Um, knowing that, you know, we're both our own individual person. And I think his energy has allowed me to see like, you know, we're all we're individuals at the end of the day. But like, that's all that matters is, you know, when you're working on yourself, the other person will want to be better. So I never really pushed him to be into spirituality. I never pushed him into, into my lifestyle, because that's not what his path is. Maybe it is one day, but me doing that will just push him away. You know, he needs to want to do that on his on his own. So people ask me like, Oh, is he spiritual? I'm like, 
you know, we're all spiritual, but we just don't practice the same things. And that's okay. He supports me. And that's what matters to me at the end of the day is that, you know, I will be out here doing Kundalini and weird movements. And he's just like, okay, have a good day. Like he just knows what it, he just knows what it is. And I think it's about finding someone that accepts you and loves you, but looking for that acceptance within yourself and not needing that approval from somebody else, just knowing that they're there to support you on your journey. I love that. What, um, what's his sun sign? Yeah. So he's a, he's a double Gemini. That's always been really oh, fun. That's so funny. My boyfriend's a Gemini too. It is, it is fun. Oh, <laughs> right. Like they're, it's, they're fun energy, yeah. but they're, it's, I think our biggest thing was he, he changes his mind a lot so he can, you know, one day he wants to do something another day he doesn't. And I had to adapt to that. And I think that was again, coming back to me of like, nothing is guaranteed in life. Nothing has to be perfect and planned as a perfectionist and a Virgo. Like that's all I do. So we're very opposite in that way, but he's allowed me to be more playful and let life happen to me rather than like planning everything. Yeah. And it's probably such a good combination because he's Gemini's are, um, they're, they're air, they're air, right? So the air and the grounding, that probably is such a good balance between the two of you. Did you guys do long distance while you were in college? I mean, we both went to college in the same state, so it was 45 minutes. It was, you know, it was, it was long for us that we've never been apart that, that long, but it actually, you know, I would see him on weekends. It was really nice. Like I still had my own life. I still was in a sorority and, and grew my own friendships, but was able to go visit him whenever I wanted, which was really like great. Cool. Yeah, that's so nice. And you guys got married like a year ago, right? Yes, we just it was just a year, which is so congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) That's amazing. Did you, you know, have a spiritual quote unquote wedding? Did you involve any of your spiritual practices into it? I did a little bit. I, I wanted to make it more about us and not just about right. me, obviously. So I didn't go crazy. Like if I, if I really wanted to, I would have made it much more <laughs> spiritual. But I think what I did is I just wanted the whole experience to be really intentional. So um, I did work with my astrologer to pick a date, which was kind of That's hard what I was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> I had like three dates that I could work with because we were planning this during COVID and like there was really right. no availability or, you know, we weren't sure if it was going to happen. So there was a few options. I just knew I didn't want to get married during Mercury retrograde because I got <laughs> engaged during Mercury retrograde. I was like, I don't really want to get married then, but like, it's fine if you do. Um, <laughs> and she actually picked like one of the options she said that would be really great was eight, seven, which is when we got married. And I didn't realize this. She didn't even tell me, but afterwards I realized, or like the day of like that weekend that it was the Lionsgate portal. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, that's when you're opening doors to manifestations and you're just bringing in more abundance into your life. And like, it's this infinite possibility. So it felt like really beautiful to have it that weekend without even me knowing it. And I love how it worked out that way. Um, But I knew that, yeah, I wanted it to be like an energy that was really fun and playful. So like August Leo season just felt like really fun. Um, Some other things that I did was on our invitation, I put like my designer made, um, our a logo with our like initials and she put his um like sign like constellation sign and my constellation sign and then like on the card that you are she put the date that we would become married as like that was like our constellation together um so so that kind of had yeah that kind of had like a little spirituality to it 
and like I was just really cautious about like I had to send my invitations right before Mercury went to retrograde like I just like know these <laughs> things and like nobody probably thinks this way um <laughs> And then during the ceremony, I did like tell my rabbi that, you know, I'm really into this stuff. And if he could talk about constellations or astrology or how this plays, like I would appreciate that. And he talked about how like Mazel Tov, yes, it means like congratulations, but it also means the star, like the stars are aligned. And so it was just like this beautiful speech he gave about how, you know, our stars aligned to be together. And it was like just the right timing for both of us. Um, and during the ceremony, like I said, my grandpa, this was like full circle. My grandpa is like my angel, my, you know, my sign. And we had an outdoor ceremony. So during the ceremony, we were like giving our vows and birds, like these sparrow birds were just like going crazy and circling around us the whole time. People were like looking, they thought like we hired these birds because like, they've never seen anything like this. Like even the venue was like, we've never wow. seen this before. <laughs> so like birds were just like circling around us. And I just like, I didn't know this during, but after I saw videos and I was like, this was definitely just kind of spirit and like my grandfather or some type of spirit. I felt blessing and protecting us during, you know, this beginning of our marriage together and this union. So that just felt really special. And yeah, I mean, I just, I think the day was just really intentional. Like I, I really wanted to be present. I didn't want to be on my phone. I didn't want to be stressed. Like whatever happened, I kind of just embraced. So it was supposed to rain and I was really anxious, but I kind of just embraced it. And the rain held off till the end, like just little things like that, you know, meditating the morning of not looking at my phone um, and setting the presidents because what you set as a bride sets the entire party and everyone around you. So like if you're running around frantic, everyone's going to be mirroring that back to you. And I knew I wanted to just have the best day ever. And that was my intention. And I really felt that it was that. And I, I lived in the moment and it was amazing. Oh my God. So beautiful. And you, especially as the reflector you are, if you were frantic, everyone right. would be frantic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. Well, you, you've said manifestation a few times, so I'd, I'd love to jump into that topic really quickly and just talk about the process. I know you do to be magnetic work, which I'd love to chat yes. about a little bit, but do you have like a specific process with manifestation? Are you always actively manifesting things in your life? Or do you think that it comes more naturally to you? Like not really with much effort? How's, how yeah. do you view manifestation? I think manifestation does come back to our energetic makeup and just who we are. Right. So a lot of Lacey to be to be magnetic work for those who are not familiar, it's a lot based on the neuroplasticity of our brain and that, you know, we all can manifest and we are all manifesting all the time. So like any moment we're manifesting, even if we're not trying, but it's so much deeper than the law of attraction belief that you have to think positive in order to receive positive. While I think thinking positive is really beneficial for our brain and just how we you know, what we attract, I do think it's so much deeper, because our limiting beliefs go into our childhood into our unique background and where we grew up and just different circumstances. So somebody may have a harder upbringing than somebody else, and they might have harder time manifesting not because they can't, but because they have those beliefs and anyone, no matter their background can change their beliefs. It's a lot of what Lacey says, and she's a testament to that because she had such a, you know, difficult upbringing and look where she is now. So I think it's not even about your upbringing because anybody can manifest. Um, it's really about getting clear on those limiting beliefs. And when it comes down to like, you know, can I manifest easily or, or, or my process, 
I'm a non-specific manifester. And so finding that out through human design was, was really interesting because I used to get really specific into manifesting and it never resonated. I never could like be like, I want a bedroom. And like, this is what the details need to look like or an apartment. Like for me, it needs to be about the feeling that I have with it. So I need a space that feels open and a lot of light and by the water, like things like that are more on my list rather than the specific. So I think finding out if you're non-specific or you're specific helps when you're manifesting because it allows you to give yourself permission to lean into one of those tactics. Um, And so I think that is a really great way to just go about manifesting. I think getting clear on what you want from an actual place of, you know, authenticity and alignment. Like a lot of the work I really talk about is alignment and we're all meant to have this aligned life. We're all meant to live the way that we want and, and get our desires. But if you're manifesting from an ego place versus what's actually in alignment for you, yes, you might get it, but it's not going to work out. It might fall through, you know, it's not all it's cracked up to be. So I think for me, knowing what's actually in alignment for me has helped me to manifest things. And when I'm not manifesting things right away, I take a step back and look at it. And I'm wondering, is this actually in alignment with my truth? Is this somebody else's manifestation? Or I look at it and if it really is in alignment, you know, I do believe in divine timing and I believe I might not be ready for it yet. What can I do right now to really get myself in a better place to be ready for it? Like, do I need to meditate and do some type of, you know, looking at a limiting belief still? Like what work do I need to still heal and work on? Because I think manifestation, we think, oh, I'll write a list down. It's going to come to me. And there's like this misinterpretation of like, there's no action. You need to still have that aligned action piece where you're actively doing the work while also stepping back and flowing and trusting, you know, it's kind of this balance of like, trusting and doing. And so I'm still in that balance. Sometimes like when things aren't coming to me, I really have to look back and see like, how am I not taking the action? Where am I not really doing the work? Or how am I pushing it too much that I need to like, let go a little bit. And I know you said like you, I mean, you met your husband when you were 15, but what have been some other things you've manifested? Like, did you manifest your apartment or things like that? Mm -hmm. Or is it more big life things? Um, I feel like I manifest like little random things. Like, okay. I feel like I'm more of like a little random manifester, if that makes sense. <laughs> but that's also because like, for me, like what I'm manifesting right now is I'm really manifesting abundance and just like freedom. Like, so when I look at it, I really do think I manifested that freedom lifestyle because, you know, I created this solopreneur type of, job where I can be free. And that comes back to my authenticity. I know that for me, freedom is my most aligned self when I can work from wherever I can, um, you know, do whatever I want. I don't answer to anybody that to me is my freedom and alignment. So I would say like, it's the little things of my day to day, I I do manifest in that retrospective, like how I'm showing up, I guess. Um, my apartment, I'm trying to remember, I, I didn't really write a list. Because I also like it was COVID and I feel like I wasn't really even like this kind of just fell on my lap. But I do remember saying like, I just wanted something that like was really open and like a lot of light. And we have like floor to ceiling windows. And when we were looking at the apartments, I didn't know this. So I actually took like a huge risk and we were looking at two apartments. That's it. We no one was doing tours. Like it was like really bad during this time. And I remember walking into our apartment that we're in now and 
someone was moving out. So there was furniture stacked up to the ceiling. Couldn't even see that there was a window. Like I literally didn't know that there were windows. And so when we moved in, it was the most shocking thing ever. I was like, oh my God, this is exactly what I wanted. And I love being by the water. So I feel like this is kind of like, I'm right by the water. I feel like I know I want to be at a beach one day. This is kind of like my stepping stone to, to be at a beach. So for me, I feel like it's more like little things that like make up my whole day, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, and those little things add into your whole life and then it becomes the big yeah. thing. So I also wanted to talk about your Saturn return because mm-hmm. I feel like that's not really talked about that much with astrology. Like we talk about the moons, we talk about our you know sun rising and moon signs. But that's a really big thing that I didn't even know about until a year ago or so. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm like scared for mine. So maybe if you could talk about what your Saturn return is and kind of prepare anyone who might be entering theirs or close to entering theirs and maybe what it's been like for you. Is it as scary as people make it sound? (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know what it was either until I um I got an astrology reading, which is why I think readings are really helpful because they can go into depth. You can look this up yourself. So um, I don't remember which site. I think it's also Astro Twins as well. They're an amazing resource that I just love. But I think you can type in like Saturn return and you put in your date, your birth date, and it will tell you based on the year um, what sign Saturn was in. So when it's when Saturn returns, it's every 30 years. So it's coming back home to the sign that it was in when you were born. So mine was in Aquarius. And most people in my like age bracket are in Saturn return right now in Aquarius, because right now we're in Saturn in Aquarius, like that's the sign it's in. And I Got think it. it's until 2023. So I'm even though like I'm turning 30 in September, it's till like basically, it's out of Aquarius and moves to the next sign. Okay. Um, so I'm in it for like a few more months, I would say like almost a year. And it probably started, I would say like around 28. I don't remember the exact year Saturn went into Aquarius, but um, it's not scary. It's like a cosmic, they call it like a cosmic bat mitzvah or something. Like <laughs> It's really funny how they say it, but like, you know, like, like anything, um, you're going to go through changes in life and they're right. Like they're putting you back on your path. So like nothing is, is, a mistake. Nothing is a waste of time. Things that I've gone through have been all lessons for me to get me to where I am now to be stronger to be more just aware of what I actually want. Like you can't really go through life knowing what you want until you've gone through and know what you don't want and what doesn't work. And so during these past two years, like a lot has happened. I've lost relationships, um, things I thought I wanted to do in work and partnerships fizzled out. And that's okay. Because you know, again, this is like, part of my path, and we all have different paths. So mine is in I believe mine is I have to look at my chart. But when you look at your chart, you also know what house it's in and the houses really tell you. So there's like, you know, all these houses in astrology, and it tells you uh, what they each mean. And so knowing the house specifically, even though you may be also in Saturn return in Aquarius, it might be in a different house for you. And that is a whole different theme of what your Saturn return specifically is focusing on. For me, mine's about relationships and partners. And so it makes sense that I got married during my Saturn return. And it was like a closed circle for that relationship of like a new chapter. Um, I lost relationships during this time. And it's the key focus has been about relationships. And like, just that's how I've been learning is 
losing them and gaining them and seeing which ones are aligned. So that's specific to me. But I would really say like, look at where your house is um, to know more about like what you can expect. And like, it's kind of like, you know, going into it, you know, things are going to maybe go wrong, you know, things are going to happen, but they're happening for you. So when you look at it from that approach, and that perspective, I think it kind of helps knowing that like, you're going to be okay, things might go wrong, but that's life. And it's similar to like Mercury retrograde, like we know it's happening. It's kind of like just working with the energy rather than like, working against it. Yeah, I think that's such a good kind of way to look at life in general not just your Saturn return but like it's all just lessons that you're meant to be learning so instead of pushing it just kind of going with the flow of things which is a hard lesson in and of itself Um, much easier said than done but a really good reminder nonetheless um you have been doing the soul girl summer series I've been seeing on your Instagram and everything. And I saw a blog post you wrote about, you know, changing the hot girl summer narrative into soul girl summer. And I want to know kind of what that means to you and, you know, what does it mean to be aligned with your authentic self in this way, instead of just kind of focusing on, you know, the hot girl summer aesthetic or being that it girl, all the trends that are going around right now, I feel like you've kind of turned that into something that's much more aligned. So I'd love to hear you speak on that a little bit more. Thank you. I mean, yeah, I think it's hard this day and age and just with like social media and TikTok, we, we see so many people that like, we think we want their life or it seems so glamorous, but like, we're not seeing the full picture. And again, it comes back to you, you and your unique energy, right? Like, what works for somebody else may not work with you and your energy. And so for me, that narrative shift is doing things that are aligned with your authentic self and coming back to your soul and your purpose and your why, rather than what you think other people want you to do. And like this people pleasing or showing up as that girl, it's more like showing up as your own girl and like the person that you need to show up for so that you can help others show up that way. And so my soul girl summer series, um, like I said, I really worked with this chakras for a while and I wanted to really find a way to help people balance their chakras in a really like user-friendly way because I think it's kind of intimidating spirituality sometimes um so I didn't want to overwhelm people but the idea just kind of flowed through me and that's when I know that it's in alignment is when things come to me and it's not forced um so I started in August and it was to help people to work with Leo season so the whole concept around these series is to work with the astrological season that we're in to work with the element and to really relate the chakras to that element. So Leo season is all about, you know, our inner fire, our confidence, like that playful, fun summer energy, and it can be about our worth too. So I worked on helping people with coming back to their solar plexus, which is our power center in our body. And it's all about our worthiness, our desires, you know, our discipline and like what we're doing every day to really like show up as that person that we want to become. So that was the theme for, for August. And it kind of looked like every week we had guided meditations around this theme. We had two workshops. So one was for the new moon, one was for the full moon. And we just wrapped up yesterday. Can't believe like a month went by. And then each week and day was really like to help them be in alignment with their own energy and know like, okay, like I'm feeling this way, this limiting beliefs coming up what can I do to like work through this on my own? What journal prompts can, do they need to like take what energy clearing? I gave them different energy clearing modalities to try. 
Um, so it's about like feeling your feelings, right? Like not spiritual bypassing. We're not pushing them away and trying to be something we're not, but how can you honor where you're at right now? And it went really well. Um, and it was a small intimate group, but you know, I, at first it's so funny. This is actually a lesson for me. I was tying my worth and I'm just being transparent. Like I want people to know, like, cause I think on social media it can look like, Oh my God, she launched this course. It's doing so well. Like that's at least how I, I feel. And I want to be transparent that like, at first people weren't signing up and I was like, Oh my God, like I'm a failure. No one wants this. No, I don't, I shouldn't be doing this. And I almost gave up. And to be honest, like I was tying my worth to people signing up and I, I know, but I noticed that. And I think the key to alignment is awareness. Like that is the first step is knowing where you're at and making the change. So I knew, okay, I'm tying my work to this. Why, where is this belief coming from? And like, how can I change this? How can I just like make this a fun experience knowing that like, if even one person signs up, if nobody signs up, it was worth it. You know, I learned something from it again, coming back to that lesson of learning. And so once I shifted that narrative and I took me out of it, I took my, my worth out of it, people started signing up and I got eight people. And even though it doesn't seem like a lot, like that was, for, this is the first time I've ever launched something like this. And it was like a test for me to see how am I working with a group? Like, is this working? Do people like this? Like, so that was like a fun, almost experiment and a learning for me. And again, taking me out of it bringing it back to how am I helping others and how am I serving others? So I just want to give that people who be like, you know, they just see things on online and they think that it's all perfect and that things happen so effortlessly. And and that happens sometimes, but I think it comes back to like, I had to stay in it. I had to challenge myself. I had to keep going. Um, And I had to take, you know, I had to like take my worth out of the outcome because it wasn't about the outcome. It was about helping people. So that, because of that, um, I decided to launch a September series. So I'm launching it uh, for, for its Virgo season now. So it's all about, you know, activating the inner goddess and really grounding ourselves. So it's about this earth element. So we're working with the root chakra, which is the first chakra of the body. And it's all about grounding, stability, safety, abundance. And if you don't feel this and you don't have that foundation, it can be really hard to manifest. It can be really hard to tap into your intuition and to, you know, feel an alignment because you, you, that's your first pillar, right? You have to feel safe. You have to feel grounded. So we're really working with that energy of coming back into your body, finding the healer within the guide within finding those routines and rituals, because that's what this season's all about is helping us set ourselves up for the fall and really set us up for a new season by like creating those daily habits and rituals every day that will help us to be in alignment and that grounding space. So I'm excited for whoever joins. Um, and yeah, it's just been really fun for me to create these offers. I am so glad that you kind of shared that, that behind the scenes that most people don't share. So first of all, thank you for sharing all about the soul girl summer series, because (laughs) I think that's a very, you know, it's very easy on social media to, kind of want to be that girl and be that whole aesthetic that is going around to be like everyone else. And I think that this whole series is all about tapping into your own true essence, which is what we're all here to do. So I love what you're doing. But I also, like I was saying, love even more that you shared that maybe, you know, it wasn't working in the beginning and you had to shift and you had to, you know, view those limiting beliefs that you had and kind of shift out of them. And that's so 
I think, rare in this community to hear that side of things and to hear the parts of business that maybe aren't doing the best that maybe people think are thriving. And it's it's just really refreshing to hear that perspective. So thank you for sharing that. I think that's going to help a lot of people. And it's making me want to sign up for Soul Girl Summer. Like I'm so <laughs> excited about the September series. So, um, I mean, this podcast is coming out in a couple of days. So I'm sure pe- can people still sign up? Yeah, they can sign up. Um, so it's it we start on nine five, which is uh like Labor okay. Day. I think that Monday. Yeah. Um, but I I leave it open for that week. Like I really try to have them sign up for it so they can be on the kickoff call and like feel the energy. But I leave it open because last time what happened was. I left it open. I was going to close it. And I just felt like more people were going to join us. It's like, I don't know. I just feel like someone needs this and two more people joined that week. So I kind of like leave it open that week just to see if like a lot of people are last minute buyers is what I've also noticed. Like people need to see it a few times. Like it's hard with summer and especially with like the holiday weekend coming up. So totally open. And I can also like offer a code for your followers, your podcast listeners and yeah Yeah, that would be amazing I think after hearing everything you had to say people are probably really excited to learn more to follow you and to kind of tap into all your offerings so yeah if you can share where everyone can find you and your Instagram and things like that and then I also have a few rapid fire questions for you as well okay so you can find me on Instagram at Alyssa Bryloff I'm there on TikTok and on my website. And that's where you can find the Summer Girl series. Perfect. And do you have any other offerings? I know you do consulting for companies, correct? Yeah, I Brands. do. Mm-hmm. I do um, social media, like management and marketing and conscious creation as an influencer. So I, I kind of work with brands in two different ways. Um, so that's all on my website of how you can work with me through a brand looking for that. Um, And then I also offer one-on-one like Reiki energy clearing sessions that are just personalized to what people need. Um, So they're just like one-on-one virtual sessions. I love it. Perfect. Well, five rapid fire questions. You've already answered one of them in the podcast, (laughs) but the first one is what is your favorite fruit? Fruit? Yeah. Oh, I think crunchy grapes or mango. Sorry. Actually, it's mango. I take that back. 100% mango. But like it has to be good, right, Mango? Yes, the best. They're so good right now. And then the next one is what's your sun sign? And we know you're a Virgo turning 30 soon. So happy early birthday. Um, What is one book that changed your life that you would recommend to everyone? Mm, Unethered Soul. I actually just read that recently and it was amazing. Like I want to read it again and again. It's so good. Have you read um, Michael Singer's other book, The Surrender Experiment? No, I need to read that. It's I'm actually my favorite for book. A new book. Oh, it's, okay. You have to read it. It's it's the story of his life. Like he wrote, I think he wrote The Untethered Soul first, and then he wrote that mm-hmm. to kind of share his own personal journey. And mm-hmm. it's crazy. His life is insane. Oh my god! I yeah, it's read. it's amazing. Um, but yeah, The Untethered Soul is such a good book, and everyone should read it if you haven't already. What is one habit or ritual that you do every day that's a non-negotiable for you? Mm, um, I have so many, <laughs> but I would say like meditating, even if it's literally just like, I know it's so cliche, but like literally, even if it's two minutes, like I just have to come back to my own energy. Even if I'm away on vacation, that's like kind of my non-negotiable. Me too. Can't, I literally can't live without that. <laughs> but if we were going into like all my routines, there's a lot. <laughs> 
And then what are your thoughts on thriving? So this show is called Thoughts on Thriving. So what do you think the key to thriving is in this life? I think thriving is living in alignment. I think it's, you know, living your most authentic aligned self and alignment is such a buzzword, but it really comes down to, are you living your truth? Are you living your core essence? Like if you don't even know what that is, how can you become aware of it so that you can live this amazing thriving life? Like we're all meant to be living. I love it. And I can hear your energy just like through the screen. You're (laughs) motivating me to want to live a more aligned life and I'm sure everyone else. So thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your beautiful energy with us and all your tools and practices and life experiences. This was amazing. And I hope everyone has a great day who's listening and that you all enjoyed and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Thank you.